0: Turn with me to John chapter 3. I want to talk to you about the Father's love this morning. John chapter 3. There was this uh, Texas businessman, true story, Texas businessman that... um, that was in the habit of giving his father unique gifts on Father's Day. You know, not just the classic tie. And this, this businessman was quite wealthy, so he would give some very extravagant, very unique gifts. And, and he would do things, you know, where you know he would... Uh, He would buy him like first edition books that were, you know, very rare, worth thousands of dollars. And, you know, he was doing all this stuff. And one day he decided he was going to do something special. So he goes out and buys him this unique bird. This bird literally um, would sing ring around the rosy or chirp ring around the rosy. It could could do different words in different languages. And so he went out and spent almost a million dollars on this bird. And so he gives the bird to his dad, and about a week later, he calls up his dad and says, Dad, how was the bird? He goes, it was delicious. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes, sometimes the gifts we give aren't exactly for the purpose in which we give it. But the thing is that as, as a son or a daughter wants to show love to their father, you know, they want to do something special, and, and, um, and our Heavenly Father, He loves us. He really does. And, and we want to show our love back to him. But, you know, all of us have a different opinions of fathers. All of us have different opinions of fathers. I was blessed with a good father. He loved us. And, you know, and he was, he was always my dad. And I remember the conversation that we had, you know, where he said, son, you know, I'm your father. I'm your father. And then later on in life, as I'd grown up and I started having my own family, it became now my friend, you know, and I'm so thankful. And my dad even apologized as, as the older I got and, you know, I'm off and living, you know, here in Minnesota. And he says, you know, son, I'm sorry. I know I was hard on you. And I said, Dad, what I needed when, when I was young was a father. I needed the guidance. I needed the discipline. I needed someone to remind me of where to go and how to get there. And the responsibilities that I would have one day as a father. And so all of us have different opinions of our father. And I know that, that sometimes when we hear the word father, it just brings back memories that are maybe not pleasant or wholesome. But I want you to understand this, that we're not talking about an earthly father. We are talking about our heavenly father. And we put it in the context of father because we are his children. We are his children that he created and there is joy and love and something unique that is there. And so our heavenly father wants to reveal himself and his love to us. So he sent his son Jesus and Jesus in John chapter three is going to speak to a man and he's going to help him understand what this love is. And it says in verse 1, Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. And he came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Now, right away, you notice that Nicodemus is coming to Jesus acting like a peer, acting like a person who is another teacher. Rabbi, I know you, because he was also a Pharisee. He, Nicodemus was also a part of a, the ruling class, and so he had some importance as well. And so he comes to Jesus, and he doesn't come to Jesus humbly. He doesn't come to Jesus, you know, just recognizing that he is the Son of God. He is coming to Jesus as a peer and he's speaking to him in this this unique way here of not really trying to learn anything from him but but really just trying to say hey we're kind of we're the same we're the same and and so he goes and he says that you know for no one could perform the signs that you were doing if god were not with him and jesus replied very truly i tell you no one can see the kingdom of god unless they are born again No one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Jesus is not even responding to the compliments that Nicodemus is giving him. Not even addressing the words that he's saying. It's kind of like when my kids would come up to me when they were younger and they would say, Dad, Dad, you are the most special dad in the whole world. And my kids are wondering who in the world talks like this as a kid, right? But they would come to be, Dad, Dad, you're so great. You're so good. And, and and a father would naturally look at them and say, what do you want, right? What, what do you want? Well, now my wife has learned that trick, and she does the same thing. Oh, Pete, you're so great. You know, and I say, all you're doing is putting butter on the turkey, and you're about ready to roast the sucker. So just tell me what you want. And Nicodemus comes to Jesus and he gives him these words and these compliments. But then Jesus just cuts right through it and speaks directly to Nicodemus what he needed to hear. And he says, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. No one can see it. No one can be a part of it unless they have this experience of being born again. And Jesus is going to explain to him what this means because Nicodemus couldn't see it. He couldn't understand it. And so John will explain it to us and he does it in the verse 16 for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. John explains to us the reader that what Nicodemus needed to understand was that Jesus came to save and to change and to transform who we are so that we can have eternal life with him eternal life. Jesus is displaying the love of the Father. Because isn't it truly the love that God had that he wanted to save the world? He didn't just want to save his people. He just didn't want to save a certain class. He wanted to save the world. And that if we would simply just believe in Jesus, that we would not suffer the wrath of God, but we would have eternal life. Eternal life. You know, sometimes we don't appreciate life. You know, sometimes we don't appreciate it. Just like as a young driver... You know, you're driving in a vehicle and you're behind the wheel and you think you're invincible. You're just I remember coming back from from um, Michigan, going to Minneapolis in college. And it was during Christmas time and I'm driving and I have this little or this midsize uh, Buick Century uh, vehicle, you know, and I'm I'm cruising. It's just a little four door. It's got a V6 and I'm going and it's it's right during the winter time. And I noticed that everybody was driving in the right hand lane everybody's driving in the right-hand lane, and they're going like 20 miles an hour. And I'm thinking, what are these people doing? Don't they know there's two lanes on this highway? And so as a young man, I get on that side, and I'm, boom! I'm flying, and I'm going 60 miles an hour, and I'm just laughing at everybody as they go. Now, you thinking I'm going to end up in the ditch. I didn't. I, dro- I drove all the way, and I beat everybody. But then, a few years later, After I wanted to take my wife to go meet my folks in Michigan, we're driving back and I end up hitting some black ice, lost control of the vehicle, end up in the ditch, praise the Lord, we didn't get hurt. We lost the truck, but didn't get hurt. And then you realize, wait a minute, there's a little more respect that you need to have on the road. And when you understand the depth of God's love, you begin to see him in a whole different way. You begin to have that appreciation that he wants to give us eternal life. And he did it through his son. And so just real quickly this morning, I want to give you three things about the father's love. First of all, the father's love sees. The father's love sees. Luke 6.32 says, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. You see, the father's love goes beyond just his children. It's to the world. Now, sometimes we don't like certain people. And I know we don't like to admit that in church, you know, but it's true. There are times where people that bug us, people that just get on our skin, people that we don't get along with, people that, that we just, man, it would be, be nice if I didn't see them. And sometimes we have those feelings and we look down on someone and we just don't have the patience and the care. But man, someone who you love, someone who you've missed, someone that you are friends with, you see them and you want to put your arms around them and say, hey, how you doing? But the Father goes beyond just the niceties. He sees the world. He sees the world. And, and sometimes, you know, we, we watch different activities, and I used to watch Cops all the time. It's not on anymore, but, but you know, I used to enjoy Cops. Remind reminded me of home so much, you know, and I just I loved it. And, and, you know, the older I got, the more I began to feel sorry for those people. Yes, they were doing bad things. Yes, they were breaking the law, and yes, they deserved the punishment they did. But somewhere along the line, as the older I got, I realized somewhere along the line, they missed God's love. They missed it and they and and so i began to see beyond that and, and it was harder to watch cops it wasn't just entertainment it was almost sorrowful because you see that somewhere along the line someone missed god's love and that's why the father or jesus tells us don't just love people who love you love everyone because the father sees the world so maybe that coworker that you don't get along with, maybe that person that you don't get along with is the very person you need to show kindness to and to show love because that's what the Father does. Our Heavenly Father's not like us. He sees the world, the whole world. 1 John 4, 16 says, and we know that, so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. The very being of who he is is love. And we need to get past ourselves and be like the Father and love others. His love is not narrow like ours because, you know, sometimes we have a very narrow focus of what love is. And usually it's what you do for me, right? Because if you make me feel good, I'll, I'll love you. If you take care of me, I love you. But our love is very narrow. But God's love is bigger than that. When you're going through tough times of suffering, God sees you just like he saw Israel when they were slaves in Egypt. When you are at your lowest point, God sees you, God loves you, just like when Peter denied Jesus Christ, the time when Jesus needed him. When you're running from his love, God sees you just like Jonah. When he was in disobedience, when he was clearly running from God, God still saw him. And when you're living in sin, just like David and Bathsheba, and he had the affair, and then he goes and murders her husband. God still sees us, and he loves us. He doesn't want you to do those things. He doesn't love sin. He loves you. And he sees beyond the moment because he loves you. And that's the kind of love that we need to have. The Father sees. His love sees. The second thing is his love moves. His love moves. It's in action. It has to do something. Back in 2004, when we had all of our kids living in the house, all two of them, and uh, Olivia was on her way, and we were living in our apartment and and you know we put the boys to bed and uh, my wife learned this trick the earlier you put them to bed the more peace would come into your life so you know she would get in bed around 730 eight o'clock and and just get them upstairs and and you know the boys they, they just wanted to play and and uh, Pete was three and Tony was two and you know so so mom takes them upstairs and puts them in the room and they had they had cribs and beds right next to each other right across from each other and so I don't know what happened but I know this, that they're playing and screaming and yelling, and, and I do the fatherly thing. Hey, quiet, go to bed. You know, and, and, uh, and it was quiet for about a couple seconds, and they start playing again, and, and, you know, and then Pete probably hit Tony, and Tony starts crying. Tony threw something at Pete, Pete starts crying, and it was going on like this for a minute. But then all of a sudden, you heard this scream, and instantly my wife knew something was wrong. And she got up and sprinted upstairs and saw my son Pete laying there and his arm was broken. Instantly, because of the love of a mother, she knew something was wrong and she had to move. The first thought I thought was, oh, man, I'm going to have to go up there and spank those boys, you know, because mom's upset, but I didn't realize what was going on. I wasn't in tune as, as much as she was but because of love she moved and that's exactly what the father does when he sees you he moves towards you in action that's why the bible says he gave his one and only son he moved on our behalf and you know what really blows my mind is that the father did this even knowing many of them would not accept jesus the father was so willing to show his love for people that he was willing to give his son even if they didn't accept him. He was willing to offer his love. Romans 5:8 tells us, but God demonstrated his own love for us in this while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. The Father's love is always on the move. And even when you do not recognize it, he loves you. Even when you run from him, he loves you. Even when you disobey and you, you just say, you know, you'll never accept me. No, his love is always moving towards you. You cannot escape it. We were up at the wow zone one time and... And uh, up, uh, up in Mankato, and we had this pastoral thing, and, and, uh, and all the kids wanted to play laser tag. And so, you know, it was all great, you know, we all strap up, we get our armor on, we get our guns, and I'm thinking, I'm going to wipe these kids out. Well, my daughter Olivia is running right behind me, peep, got you, Dad, peep, got you, Dad, peep. And she, was, she would never leave me alone, and she killed me every time. Love you, girl. But how many know that the Father is always right behind us? Always in front of us, always beside us. And his goodness and his love is always being shot towards us, even when we're running, even when we're trying to hide. That's how much he loves. And so the Father's love moves. The Father loves move. Not only does he see, not only does he move, but the last point is that he saves. He saves. He's given his gift. His name is Jesus, a gift of eternal life. Salvation is the greatest gift of all. Salvation is the greatest gift that he has given us. Ephesians 2 says, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ. Even when we are dead in transitions, it is by grace you have been saved. It is the salvation that has transformed us from the inside out. I never tell people, hey, if you want to be a better parent, you know, read this book. If you wanna be a better student, read this book or watch this video. I would never tell people if you wanna be a better father, mother, son, daughter, to do these things. All I tell them is this, if you wanna be better in anything, in your job, in your school, in, in your career, in life, all you need to do is love the Lord, put Him first, because when you put God first, He transforms you from the inside out. He cleans up the selfishness, He takes away the bitterness, He He removes the the worries and anxieties, and He fills his, fills you up with His love because of salvation. I think one of the greatest miracles. You know, people are always looking for the big miracle. You know, looking for the, the testimony that makes everyone go, Whoa, wow, God, cool. But I'll tell you, one of the greatest miracles is when people get saved and they transform from the inside out. They stop doing the things they used to do because they know that God doesn't like those things. They stop speaking a certain way, they stop acting a certain way. Why? Because Jesus is doing something inside of them. And that is the evidence of salvation. And God has given us the greatest gift it's called salvation. And from the inside out, we are transformed. And it is by grace, it's a gift. It's a gift, a gift of eternal life, eternal life. You know, we don't value life. I said this earlier, you know, until we come into those moments when we think we're going to lose it. We don't value things until they're really at that point where we might lose it. But God has given us eternal life to be with him forever. And I want you just to take a moment that we deserve to all Burn and suffer for eternity for the things that we've done. You say, well, wait a minute, Pastor. I didn't ask to be born in this world. I didn't ask to be condemned. The problem is is that we're a part of this fallen world. We're a part of it. We've been born, as the Bible says, in a sinful nature. This is just who we are. You can't escape it. No matter how much my kids want to remove all the melatonin that I gave them, they cannot get rid of it, right? They will not sunburn because of their dad. You're welcome. But they can't get rid of it because it's a part of who they are. And as Christians, or as as children born in this world, we have been inherited a sinful nature. But when God comes into us, he takes that life and transforms it and gives us eternal life. Think about that. We get to spend eternity with the Father. We get to spend eternity with the one who loves us, the one who sees us, the one who moves towards us, and the one who saved us. That's the love of the Father. So, no matter what your image is of Father, know this that your Father's not like any other Father of this world. He is why we call Him. He is why we call Him the Heavenly Father, above the standard in which we consider Father. He's the Heavenly Father who sees you, who moves towards you, and who saves you. And we recognize that. Because of his son, Jesus Christ, who came to this world, died for us to offer eternal life. I pray we never forget the simple principles of his love. I pray we never forget. I pray I never forget that. I always want to be sensitive to knowing how much the father loves me. Because it moves me and drives me closer to him. And so I pray you have that kind of appreciation towards Jesus as well. And to discover who the father is. If you're here and you don't understand or you're struggling with the love of the Father, hey, just take it. It's a gift.